What's up, Boom Team? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 12. I hope you guys are having a great day, night, afternoon, morning, whatever you guys are doing. I hope you guys are having a good time doing it, and I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves, and I hope you guys had a great holiday as well. Um, New Year's, Thanksgiving, Kwanzaa, whatever you guys, Hanukkah, whatever you guys celebrate, um, I hope you had a great time. I know it's been a little while since I put up a podcast, but I took the holidays off to, you know, just be with my family and just kind of you know, relax and unwind. And then I got put on a new schedule, which requires me to stay up all night long. So I had to adjust my sleep schedule, which I kind of lost a lot of time, like productivity time, which sucks, but uh, I'm starting to get into the swing of it now. And I'm starting to really, um, you know, have a new normal. Um, And yeah, so I've missed the past couple weeks of football, but I also wasn't too worried about that because I feel like every season, um, usually it's weeks like 14 through 17 are kind of the the weeks where, you know, it kind of gets a little slow um, other than, you know, some tie-breaking scenarios um, in the NFL. But, uh, you know, obviously this year it was, you know, there's 18 weeks in the season. And uh, so I started, I stopped around week 14. And a lot's happened since then. Uh, Urban Meyer got fired. Uh, the Chiefs almost finished a crazy season of a, like on a 10 win, 10 game win streaks. The Ravens absolutely fell apart. Um, what else happened? Uh, the Bills beat the Patriots finally. Um, the Colts aren't in the playoffs anymore. We're going to talk about all that stuff um, in this episode. Um, I did want to. I wrote a little article um, about John Madden, the legendary broadcaster slash coach for the. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders and, you know, in the, like, 80s and 90s and even some of the 2000s um, was a broadcaster um, for the NFL, and I just wanted to read a little something that I wrote for him. Uh, John Madden, he never had a losing season as a Raiders head coach. He was a Super Bowl champion in 1976. Um, John was the founder of the Madden football game that we all grew up with and love today. Um, He pioneered a whole new generation of football players, coaches, and fans. Uh, my father taught me um, football to start. However, my father learned from watching and listening to John Madden and his Pat and his uh, partner Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall was a place kicker for the Lions, Bears, and Giants from 1952 to 1961, and uh, Pat passed away in April of 2013. Uh, John Madden football was the first installation of the now iconic Madden football uh, franchise. Released in 1988, John Madden football was released with the intention of teaching people the basics and how to understand football. John Madden loved football so much and always wanted to learn his beloved game. He wanted other people to learn his beloved game. The passing of John Madden is a tremendous loss to not only football, but to over the overarching sports world. People who truly care and love their particular sports, such as Madden, did not or do not come in dime a dozen at all. And he will be dearly missed by all. Thank you so much, John Madden. Um, not to start off on a somber note, but, um, you know, John Madden's a, a person who is vitally important to, uh, the NFL world. He's, you know, one of the first pioneers, I guess you could say, um, of football and, you know, just learning it in a different way and making it more accessible to all the fans, um, and to everybody who, you know, may not have understood it that well before and, you know, understood very minute details that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to grow up with, so now I see them, but people before didn't really notice them, but John Madden brought that, um, that ability to see those little hidden details throughout the game, and brought them to the, to the public, to the overarching world, it wasn't just coaches and players who had these secrets, um, John was able to make it so that everybody could understand, and, you know, everybody can learn, and a lot of broadcasters have taken up his, um, 
his mantle in a way of, you know, teaching people how the game works. And the NFL has done a great job of having um, ex-players or coaches um, be uh, broadcasters and whatnot so that they can teach and kind of uh, maybe show something that they see that they don't really, um, that somebody else might not pick up on. Like uh, Tony Romo is a great example of it. Um, you know, he's always stopping and, you know, grabbing the pen and writing on the screen, you know, trying to show people what, uh, they might be missing. Um, uh, Troy Aikman's the same way, you know, he's a legendary quarterback. He's a hall of famer. So he, he sees things very differently. So is Greg Olson. Greg Olson's a great one as well. Um, and I think the NFL is doing a great job of, uh, you know, incorporating these ex players and coaches to the to the broadcast booth to make it more accessible to people to make them, you know, more feel, feel more connected to the game. You know, I, I watched Tony Romo growing up. Um, and you know, now that I get to see him in the broadcast booth and it's not like he's a player anymore, he's, you know, I see him and I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. And it just kind of, it's like a, it's like a place where I can trust what I'm hearing and, you know, trust what I'm listening to, um, and learn more about, you know, our beloved game. And I think all that stems back from John Madden. He really, whatever spot of the sport that he was in, whether it was coaching or broadcasting or whatever, he revolutionized it. He changed it. He made it his own, and it, he was successful in it, and a lot of people um, loved and adored what he did. Um, so once again, thank you so much, John Madden. I know you're up there watching. Um, you know, he's going to be watching the Raiders in the playoffs this year. Um, and, yeah, thank you so much. On another note, we're going to hop into this week's um, news. I wanted to start off by something that I've been very excited by. Um, Derrick Henry's return to the Titans. Um, it is very likely that Derrick Henry will make it for the Titans' first uh, first reg- postseason game. I was uh, going to talk about this last week, but I got some sidetrack stuff going on, so I was able to I just push it back to this week. But I was talking about how um, how crucial it was for the um, Titans to beat the Texans this past week, which they ended up doing. They almost didn't, but they did it. Because Derrick Henry was placed on the designated to return IR list on the on the Titans um, uh, team website, I guess you could say it is. Um, and with a good week of practice, Derrick Henry can make it back with the first round of the postseason because it's on, it's like a twenty eight day. I know I think it's like a twenty one day like window where he, you know he has to you know they have to watch him make sure he's doing all right, but if he has a good week of practice, or I guess now would be two weeks since they have the one seed and they're missing the first round of the playoffs, um, you know, as long as he has those good two weeks, he should be activated for the game, um, whatever one they play, whether it's against Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City, you know, whoever. Um, and that's assuming, like I said um, at the time of writing this, that they don't lose to Houston. Um, the Titans being the one seed, which they are, is going to be so crucial to their Super Bowl hopeful season. Um, you know, giving a pillar to their of their team, Derrick Henry, another week to heal and come back to play um, is is just it's it's in it's insane how you know all of it's worked out. You know, I thought the Titans season was over um, when Derrick Henry fell out. I was like, you know, I just didn't really believe in Ryan Tannehill that much. Um, he's starting to make me a little bit of a believer now, though. He's you know not a, not a Tom Brady, not a Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's not going to put the team on his back completely, but he's going to be able to get the job done as long as everybody else does their job, which I, uh, you know, really that's all you need. And uh, Mike Vrabel has done a fantastic job with the team as well. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, Derrick Henry coming back is going to be a, a very exciting thing. 
Um, and I hope that the Titans do make a little bit of a run with it. I think guys like him, um, Mike Rabel, and Ryan Tannehill, and just, you know, every, there's a bunch of guys on that team who deserve, I think, to maybe, maybe if they don't win the big one, maybe if they don't win the Super Bowl, at least go. At least have a chance to show off their talents on the biggest stage of the year. Um, and, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely rooting for the Titans. I was rooting for them this past weekend um, because I just loved the situation, and I loved how, you know, they were the top seed, um, in the NFL for a while, and then they had they fell down a couple spots after they lost Derrick Henry, and they lost a couple games, and Kansas City took off. Um, but you know the fact that they've been able to pull it all back together and keep the one seed um, is just it's phenomenal. You know they were able to survive Kansas City um, taking off this season. They were able to survive uh, New England taking off this season, and they've just been able to keep it together. And I love that. Um, another big topic of discussion that I saw this past week that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. Obviously, it's probably a, an off-season topic because um, it's, you know, it's about a trade. Um, it's about a certain Christian McCaffrey. Um, the Panthers a couple weeks ago did say that they were open to hearing um, trades and, you know, other business-related business um, dealings around Christian McCaffrey, which I find very interesting because that— um, it tells me a couple things. It tells me that um, either the Panthers are getting ready for a rebuild again um, or they're trying to maybe put the pieces back together for this one. And, you know, I think they realize that, you know, as vital of a person or as a player and, you know, um, a pillar of your team as a running back is, a good running back, um, I think the quarterback's got to come first. Um, and I think I don't think they did that. I think, you know, they probably thought Sam Darnold was going to be the guy, but obviously he's not. He hasn't been for a long time now. And I have uh, three teams that I could see, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey going to, but not all of them are very likely scenarios. I just kind of put together um, a little list of things that might happen. Um, you know, they probably won't because, you know, these things happen. For all we know, the, the Panthers aren't even going to hold on to Christian McCaffrey. They're not, they're not even going to let him go. They might just hold on to him. Um but my first one is I was going to say uh, CMC could either go to Seattle, Houston, or Miami. Um, those are the three teams that I thought, you know, had enough to kind of give away in order to get Christian McCaffrey. Um, Miami could trade Tua. Um, I know Tua has been great this past season. I thought, um, you know, obviously when they went 1-7 and seven to start, it wasn't a great situation. But they went 8-1 and one to end the season. Um, and Miami, you know, really isn't showing excuse me, they're not really showing a lot of, uh, a lot of like hopefulness when it comes to knowing what the hell is going on. Um, and I think they're starting to maybe start a rebuild around, uh, Jalen Waddle. I'm not really sure because they just fired Brian Flores, even though he just had an eight and one start and they made the playoffs last year and just barely missed it this year. Um, and so I'm not really sure what they're thinking in Miami. I don't know if they want to pull up Brian Flores and then take Tua out of there and get it to Sean Watson. I'm not really sure. Um, but I figured what um, Miami could do is they could trade Tua and maybe a first or second rounder. You know, you don't know how much the Panthers are going to want for Christian McCaffrey um, based off of his injuries and whatnot. Um, you know, and the quarterback position for uh, the Panthers is so crucial um, that I think Tua could fill that void. Tua hasn't had, you know, he's had Jalen Waddell and Mike Kosicki who are good receivers, and that's great. Um, you know, but I don't think he, I think he's kind of had to do a little bit of it on his own. He's not perfect, but he's not bad either. I don't think, I think Tua is a fine quarterback and I think he'll get better with time. Um, I don't, I don't think Miami should send Tua away, but the af atmosphere in Miami is still up in the air. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of rumors about them wanting to get Deshaun Watson. So, 
it's it's a really odd situation, but I could see Christian McCaffrey going to Miami and then Miami maybe drafting a young quarterback. I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, that's one team I could see him going to. Um, a trade, uh, Russell Wilson for Christian McCaffrey trade doesn't seem too far-fetched for me. Um, however, Wilson's time in uh, Seattle does seem to be coming to an end, which is, you know, nothing is concrete, but um, a Wilson move and a Pete Carroll firing are popular rumors. I don't think uh, this is likely because uh, Chris Carson may be, um, may return to Seattle and uh, Rashad Penny has been showing a lot of potential out there. So I don't really see um, Seattle having that much of an urge for a running back. Um but, you know, the big thing in Seattle is uh, they kind of want to uproot it. They want to send Russell Wilson out of there, which I just don't think is the right move at all. If you're Seattle, you know, you've got a generational talent in Russell Wilson. Um, you've got a Super Bowl champion, and I, I just don't really see why they would do that. Um, but, you know, who knows? I mean, these guys, these uh, team owners and general managers, they have plans going in all the time. Um, and like I said, nothing's concrete in Seattle, which is kind of the the thing that I'm basing this off of is that, you know, they could, you know, make a three-team deal um, where they send, you know, Chris Carson to one team and Russell Wilson to Carolina and whatever. You know, I'd, there's so much that could go on, but um, I just thought, you know, since Russell Wilson's um, possibly going to get traded or let go, and so is Christian McCaffrey, maybe they'd swap him. Um, and my last one is a trade to Houston. is something that I could unfortunately see happening. Um Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey being traded is a possibility. Um, a lot of teams are looking at Deshaun Watson, but you know there's no saying whether or not he's even going to play next year. Um, and the thing is with this one as well is that Christian McCaffrey's barely spent any more time on the field than Watson has in the past two years anyway. So it wouldn't really you wouldn't be losing a whole lot. You wouldn't say, well, oh Deshaun Watson hasn't played in the past year. It's like yeah, well neither is Christian McCaffrey. So it um, is not something that I think is too far fetched. Um, for Deshaun Watson to be headed to Carolina. I know they were talking about that last season as well. Um, but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of scenarios that could be going on um, with Christian McCaffrey and uh, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. There's a lot that could happen, and I'm going to be speculating and, um, you know, predicting and, you know, trying to put together the best possible scenarios for these teams in the offseason as well. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's my Christian McCaffrey uh, – analytics and uh you know suggestions next up we're going to go with the end of the year awards we did these um in the middle of the season and i have updated my list um and it's very unbiased list i feel um and there's a couple for two of these spots or no three of these spots there are uh one or, or two or more uh people or players that could be chosen because i there was just this season was was amazing um as crazy as it was as up and down as it was with covid with you know some teams losing to other teams, some teams rising and falling, um, it was it was awesome. It was such a roller coaster. Um, as a as an analyst and a you know person who's trying to pick games and you know try and get a you know get a good winning record and stuff, it was annoying as hell. But uh, I finished my season with uh, 171 wins and 99 losses, and uh, you know the losses are a little high, but you know what? It's not a hundred, so I'm alright with that. Um, I'm going to start with Offensive Rookie of the Year. Um, I know Jamar Chase probably has it locked up, and I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, Jamar Chase this season has had uh, 81 receptions with uh, 1,400 yards, which is actually insane with how many like you know receptions he had. He had less than 100 with almost 1,500 yards. And uh, the just based off a of yardage with Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, and Cooper Cup um, all being – 
you know, around 300 yards ahead of him, and they've had all over 100 receptions. is pretty impressive. Um, but Jamar Chase also had 13 touchdowns. He had 22 catches over 20 yards. He had eight catches over 40 yards, which is almost – I think that's third in the league because I think Debo Samuel and Cooper Cup only had more than him, which is fantastic for a rookie. Um, he had the long, or he had the second longest uh, touchdown this season, um, one yard behind Debo Samuel. He had an 82-yard touchdown. Um, let's see. He also had two fumble recoveries. He had 128 targets, um, and yeah, he he had a phenomenal season. Jamar Chase did, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with him being possibly the rookie of the year. Um, I think he probably has it locked up. I want it to not be a quarterback this time. Um, I do, however, just out of respect of the position and how well that this player did play. Um, and even though, you know, it's probably not going to be him who gets it. Um, I got to say Creed Humphrey needs his respect. Um, the guy was the, one of the top ranked centers of all the whole season long, you know, in his rookie year, he was, you know, just fantastic, uh, fantastic player. And, you know, I was really happy to see, uh, Creed Humphrey, you know, just do as well as he did. I loved it. Um, I don't think he gets the recognition that he truly deserves. I don't think him or Rashawn Slater do. Um, but they both had fantastic seasons. Uh, Jamar Chase, however, I think did have a bigger impact on his team um, offensively. So as much as I want to give Creed Humphrey his respect, I think Jamar Chase deserves it. I'm going to hop into Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and I think we all know who it is. It's Micah Parsons. Uh, the guy has been unbelievable this season. He's had uh, 79, or sorry, 55 solo tackles and 19 assists, which is insane. And he had uh, 13 sacks this season, which for a rookie is um, near record-breaking. I think Lawrence Taylor had more. I think it was 14 and a half for LT, if I'm correct. Um, and uh, Micah Parsons was very close, and he's drawing a lot of comparisons to Lawrence Taylor, which I think is a little bit much, but, you know, um, you know, there's, there's no denying that he's had a fantastic season this year. Um, so yeah, Micah Parsons easily rookie of the year. Yeah. I think he had the biggest impact on defense for his team. Um, and then rookie of the year, um, I put Micah Parsons as well. Um, I think Micah Parsons had the biggest impact on his team overall for a rookie this year. Um, Jamar Chase could also be argued for that spot, but I think, um, defense is so crucial to, to the success of a team and Jamar Chase was crucial to the success of his team as well but I think uh, Micah Parsons was more important to his team um, that's not saying that the Bengals couldn't be as successful without Jamar Chase I just think Mike, Micah Parsons had a fantastic season and I think he would deserve the rookie of the year but that might not be it um, for all we know Jamar Chase could get rookie of the year and not offensive rookie of the year or Micah Parsons could get defensive rookie of the year and not rookie of the year you know um but yeah, I think Micah Parsons deserves it. Uh, moving on to Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, there were so, 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 so many people who des uh, could deserve this. I mean, it could be uh, Jonathan Taylor. It could be Cooper Cup. It could be Aaron Rodgers. It could be Tom Brady. It could be Jamar Chase. It could be Devontae Adams. It could be so many people. Um, I chose Cooper Cup. Uh, the man, was he had won the Triple Crown this year. He had most receptions in the NFL, um, most receiving touchdowns, and most yards. Uh, gained in a season he almost had 2,000 and he was very close to breaking the um, all-time uh, receiving yards record and um, tying Micah or not sorry Michael Thomas's uh, re receptions record uh, he was four off of the receptions record and then I think he was like 18 yards away from the all-time receiving um, yards in a season record which 
a lot of people were, you know, saying, oh, you know, uh, Cooper Cup doesn't deserve it because he um, – he didn't hear he had one extra game. It's like, yeah, so did Calvin Johnson when the uh, 14 game seasons ended. So, you know, he had two extra games. So, you know, you kind of just have to get with the times. You have to just, you know, realize that, you know, the NFL's moving on. They're adding more games, and it's not the player's fault that that happens. Um, I think Cooper Cup easily, uh, eh, sorry, deserves Offensive Player of the Year. He did a fantastic job this season. Um, I, don't, I don't know if anybody else. Uh, deserves it over him like I said Jonathan Taylor had a great season as well um, but I think Cooper Cup just deserves it overall uh, we're gonna head on to the defensive player of the year and I don't think there's anybody else you know that you could really argue for this I know a lot of people are trying to put like Aaron Donald into this um, but it's TJ Watt um, I wasn't high on TJ Watt to start the season um, I didn't think that he was you know doing as well but he was also missing games um, but he also missed, I think, three games, or no, it was two games this season, and still tied um, Michael Strahan's all-time sack record. And I think that T.J. Watt deserves the all-time sack record. Like, I think he deserves it over um, Michael Strahan because Michael Strahan kind of, like, when he got his, you know, 22nd-and-a-half sack and broke the record, he, um, like, the quarterback, I think it was Brett Favre, if I'm correct. The quarterback that he sacked didn't really get sacked. They just kind of, like, slid. But Michael Strahan, like, was touching him, so they counted it as a sack. It doesn't really count that much, um, I thought. So I thought T.J. Watt deserved it um, a little bit more than Michael Strahan. And T.J. Watt's just been such a force on uh, the Steelers' defensive line when he's in there. You know, he's such a game-changer. And he's left games, been out with injuries, and he's still been at the top of the – the leaderboard when it comes to sacks and you know there's just nobody else that's done it better than tj watt this season uh next up is coach of the year i had two candidates for this um one of them you could argue doesn't deserve it as much but i think the other one does i uh i had to put bill belichick on here um a bill you know took a patriots team that nobody was really high on to start the season and made them good um, you know, they've slowed down in the past couple weeks. They lost to the Dolphins, unfortunately, this past week, but they, they clinched the playoffs. Um, and they went on, I think it was an eight game tear to, uh, pull themselves right back into the playoff chase. And, um, you know, it's based off of good coaching. It's great coaching. It's great, uh, defensive play. And Bill Belichick's one of the best defensive minds you've ever seen in the NFL. And yeah, I, you know, even though he probably won't win it, I think Bill did a great job this season. Um, the only person who I think deserves it more than him is Mike Vrabel. Uh, Mike Vrabel has been a fantastic coach ever since he started coaching the Titans. Um, but like I said earlier with uh, Derrick Henry, you know, talking about all that, is that he was able to keep the Titans afloat even when they looked like it was over for them. You know, they lost their most important player, and then A.J. Brown was out for a couple weeks and just seemed like everything started to crumble. Um, but Mike, Mike Vrabel was able to hold them together and keep them in a winning record and get them in position for the one seed. And, you know, I think when you have such a dire situation like that, when your star players start to go out, um, I think you really got to lean on your coaching. And the Titans did that, and they got it done. And I think Mike Vrabel did a fantastic job this year. Our last award of the season is, you know, it's the big one. It's the one that everybody's going to talk about. Um, and, you know, every, the one that everybody's been worried about the most is uh, MVP. Now, I have three players that I think could win this. Um, I do think there's one that deserves it over most. Um, the other one you could, there, there are two that you could argue more than the third. Uh, my first one is Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had an unreal season. The Colts would not be where they are without Jonathan Taylor. Now, you could argue that Jonathan Taylor wouldn't be number one in 
every single category um, without Derrick Henry being out. However, you know, that's not his fault. He carried the Colts. You know, Carson Wentz had his good games and his bad games, but whenever the Colts weren't, whenever Car- uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't having, you know, an unbelievable MVP cal- caliber game, the Colts were struggling. Um, and that you saw that this past week against the Jags. But Jonathan Taylor ended the season with 1,800 rushing yards. You know, he's only uh, 200 or less than 200 away from 2,000. He had 18 touchdowns, which is more than any other running back in the game. Uh, Damian Harris was second to that with 15. He had uh, 14 rushes over 20 or more yards. He had five rushes over 40 or more yards. His longest rush of the season was 83 yards, and he had three fumbles in the season. And that's it. That you know, he just <laughs> barely put the ball on the ground. Um, Jonathan Taylor, it, it was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable, what this man was able to do this season. Um, and I do think it is worth a mention in the MVP conversation. Um, but you know, unfortunately for Jonathan Taylor, um, there are people named Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, um, who you know, I know the MVP. A lot of people say is like a quarterback award, you know. But these two right here, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, um, they deserve their recognition. Um, Aaron Rodgers threw 4,115 passing yards this season. Um, He averaged 7.7 yards per attempt. His completion percentage was uh, .689, which is, I'm pretty sure, the highest in the NFL. Uh, No, sorry, Joe Burrow has a little higher than that. But, you know, he's right up there. I'm pretty sure he's number two. He had 37 touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, his passer rating or his uh, QB rating was uh, 111.9, um, which that I'm pretty yeah that's the highest in the NFL. He had 213 first downs. He had 55 passes over uh, 20 yards. He had 10 passes over 40 yards, and he had uh, the longest was 75 yards, and he got sacked 30 times, um, which is you know mid tier in the NFL. Um, and he he I can't I can't stress enough how crucial he is to the Packers' um, success. Um, But unfortunately for him, just like unfortunately for Jonathan Taylor, Tom Brady at 44 years old is playing better than he ever has and possibly any quarterback ever has. Um, Tom Brady this season was one of two people to break 5,000 yards, and he blew Justin Herbert out of the water. Um, you know, Justin Taylor, Justin Herbert just barely got 5,000 yards. He had 5,014 and Tom Brady had 5,316 at 44 years old. He averaged 7.4 yards uh, per attempt. He had a pass or he had a completion percentage of uh, 0.675. He had 43 touchdowns, which is most in the NFL. He had 12 interceptions, which is a little high for him. It's a, uh, one of his career highs, you know, 12 is where he usually taps out, um, but the Buccaneers are a passing scheme team, so he has, he's more prone to throw interceptions. Um, he had a passer rating of 102.1, which is very high. That's very good. Um, he had 269 first downs. He had 75 passes over 20 yards, which I'm pretty sure is the most in the NFL. Yep, that, yeah, that's the most in the NFL. He had 10 passes um, over 40 yards. He had a long of 62 yards, and he was sacked 22 times. Um I, I just don't know how else you argue this. This is this is, and unless like Aaron Rodgers or Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor don't like, obviously you know they're gonna have their seasons and you can't really you have to do with what, like what circumstances you're in. 
But the fact that those guys, all three of those guys, had unbelievable seasons where just about any other season you look at, they would have won the MVP, and Tom Brady still outperformed them. I mean, he he had the he had triple crown as well. He had most passing yards, he had uh, most touchdowns, and uh, there was I'm pretty sure yeah he was one of the top uh, completion percentages as well. I I just don't know. I don't know how you do that at 44. I don't know how you stay that young. And I don't know how you argue um, Tom Brady being the, the MVP. I don't know how you argue against that at all. Um, that's that's who my MVP is. It's either him or Aaron Rodgers, and I think Tom Brady deserves it over Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's an unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable feat that he's pulled off. Um, and I, <laughs> I just can't get over it. It's insane um, how he's been able to do this. Um, but so yeah, we're gonna just go back over our awards one more time. I have offensive rookie of the year, um, either Creed Humphrey or Jamar Chase, but more than likely it'll be Jamar Chase. Defensive rookie of the year have My- Micah Parsons. Uh, rookie of the year have Micah Parsons as well. Offensive player of the year I have Cooper Cup. Defensive player of the year I have T.J. Watt. Uh, coach of the year I have Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick as a runner-up. And then MVP I have Aaron, or I'm sorry, Tom Brady at MVP. Aaron Rodgers is close second, and Jonathan Taylor is kind of like an honorable mention. Um, it's very unfortunate for Jonathan Taylor that uh, that you know he he's probably not going to get an award for his season because he he had a great one. He had a phenomenal season. Um, and we're just going to go over our games really quick this week. Um, I I did not have a good week this week at all. <laughs> I um I got how many games did I get wrong? I think think I had two three five seven games wrong this week um that most of that is based off of you know backup quarterbacks coming in in the in the Packers case I chose them over the Lions and Jordan Love is just continue to prove that he is not a starting quarterback and the Packers are probably going to have to keep looking for for a quarterback to succeed Aaron Rodgers um but to start off on Saturday I had the Chiefs beating the Broncos I didn't watch this game because I I just didn't see there being any reason to um, and that's, that's the unfortunate part for this season is, you know, I love the game, um, but the Broncos are out. Um, I knew the chiefs were going to win and the chiefs are, have pretty much already walked up their spot. The only question was whether or not they were going to be able to walk up the one spot or keep the number two and they got the number two. So, you know, it's really whatever, um, Dallas and Philly, this was also kind of a throwaway game, except, uh, Dak Prescott, um, broke the Cowboys, uh, single season passing touchdowns record. Uh, he now has 37 and he holds the record for Dallas, which is great. Um, Jalen Hurts didn't play in this game. He was out with injury, but also probably just to rest him for the playoffs. Um, considering they were pretty much a lock for the seven seed unless the Niners had lost. Um, but it was either six or seven for them really. Um, and Dallas is locked up into the third seed. Um, and yeah, you know, it was just, it was a complete performance for Dallas. Um, it was 51 to 26 to, uh, end the game. Um, and yeah, you know, it was, it was one, another one of those games where both of these teams made the playoffs. The seeding wasn't really going to change that much with, the, um, one of them losing. Um, and yeah, it was more of just kind of a Dallas trying to break some records game and get in a get right game for Dallas as well on offense. Cause they had been struggling the past couple weeks. Um, Packers and Lions, like I said, Jordan Love not looking great. And the Lions, um, you know, just having some fun with it. Uh, you know, obviously they knew they weren't going to, um, they weren't going to, you know, make the playoffs. They were eliminated already. And uh, they weren't, re- I'm pretty sure they knew that they were going to not have the number one spot um, for the draft, which I don't think is a big deal. Um, as long as you're in like the top three or five, you're, you're bound to get something, whether it's a bust or a good player, you know, you're not missing out that much. 
and uh, the Lions were just, you know, in the playbook, just really doing a bunch of random stuff, having some fun with it, and I loved it. Uh, the Colts and the Jags, uh, the, the Colts blew it this season. Really sucks that they did because they, they they had it. You know, they all they had to do was beat the Jaguars, and they would have been in, and they lost. And it, I think that's six games in a row now that they've lost to the Jaguars, which is unbelievable. Uh, the Colts live and die with Carson Wentz, and uh, unfortunately, and um, today they 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 died because of Carson Wentz and uh, Frank Reich. Um, you know, just seemed pretty you know stunned at the end of the game and the press conferences, just trying to I think still figure out as to what the hell just happened. Um, I have the Washington Commanders because that's not their official name yet, but there was some leaks that came out that uh shows that the Washington football team might change their name to the Washington Commanders, which I think is a good one. I liked the uh, the Washington Warriors. I thought that was a good one as well. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, there was just some leaked images. It's not a for real thing whether or not they changed their name to uh, the Commanders quite yet. But um, they beat the Giants this week, and the Giants finally let go of Joe Judge. They got that man the hell out of there, thank God. Um, they have said recently that they were going to keep Joe Judge and Daniel Jones on, and then they fired Joe Judge. So you kind of kind of have to, I don't know, you kind of just have to roll with the punches if you're the Giants, and you have a lot of rebuilding to do. Um, I think Daniel Jones is an unfortunate situation. I don't know if he's worth keeping. I think you should just start from scratch, honestly, if you're the Giants. Um, but Daniel Jones will definitely land on his feet somewhere because there are teams that could use him, um, like the Panthers or... You know, uh, the Dolphins, depending on what they do, the you know, he'll be a backup quarterback, but he's got some real athleticism, and um, I think he'll land on his feet somewhere. Um, but if I'm the Giants, I would just let him go and just try and start anew. Um, next up was the Bears and Vikings. This was another throwaway game. Neither team was making the playoffs. Um, Justin Fields didn't play this game. Andy Dalton did. Um, the Vikings won. I got this game wrong because I was choosing the Bears. I was riding with Justin Fields. Um, the Bears recently just fired Matt Nagy, and the Vikings just recently fired Mike Zimmer. Um, Nagy, I saw coming and Mike Zimmer, um, is the unfortunate, um, his firing is the unfortunate end. Um, cause I don't think Mike Zimmer is a bad coach at all. Um, I think it's really just comes down to, you know, the Vikings have good players, um, just bad chemistry. Um, they can be successful at times, but I don't know so much if it was Mike Zimmer's fault, um, you know, but you have to start somewhere. And when you have that much talent, you kind of have to look towards the sideline and look at the coaches. And, you know, that's just that's just how it rolls. And Matt Nagy, um, clearly it just wasn't working out for him in uh, Chicago. So I'm happy to see these teams both move on. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited to see what Justin Fields does in his career um, down the stretch. Hopefully they get a good court or a good coach. Um, to move along, I know the Bears have been looking at the Bills offensive coordinator and some teams have been asking permission for interviews and stuff. So the offseason stuff is where it gets really exciting. Uh, the Titans and the Texans, uh, you know, we've talked about the Titans all all game or uh, all podcast long. Um, one thing is, though, is uh, I love how everybody is starting to now finally see um, what I brought up in week three, I believe it was with. Um, I don't know. It was like week four seven something like that um with uh davis mills not actually being that bad of a quarterback and i love how people are finally starting to see it um if i were the texans i would stick with davis mills because he's not a bad quarterback at all he's got good athleticism he's got a decent arm he's got good po- uh, composure in the in the pocket and I, I like him uh next up is the unfortunate end to the Ravens season and the unfortunate end or the unfortunate uh forthcoming of the steelers um, still being in the playoffs, <laughs> um, 
the Ravens were just injury riddled. I, uh, I, I kept them up in my power rankings for a lot of the season because they were good. Um, but, you know, just the injuries got too much for them. And the Steelers, they got, they got to go. But they're still in. I don't know how, but they're still in. Um, next up was the Bengals and the Browns. This is a game, you know, the Browns weren't going to make it. Uh, the Bengals knew they were going to. Um, I don't really think they gave a damn as to what happened afterwards. Uh, the Browns ended up beating the Bengals 21-16 to in this one. Um, I'm just excited to see what the Bengals do moving forward. They have the Raiders in a playoff game, which a lot of people are already writing off the Raiders as, um, against the Bengals, but I like this matchup for the Raiders. Um, I think the Raiders are a very, very sparky team, and I chose them against the Chargers, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but, yeah, I love, I love the Raiders team, but I also love the Bengals team, so I'm very excited for that one. And the Browns moving forward, um, I, don't, I don't see Baker Mayfield staying there for very long. Um, unfortunately, I think he is the cause of their problems, or at least, you know, it's just not a good situation there. Maybe he'll find um, a home somewhere else, but I, I don't see Baker staying uh, with the Browns for very long. Next up was my game of the week, um, other than the Raiders and Chargers, obviously, um, was the Niners and the Rams. I got this one right. The, the Niners continue, continue to have the Rams number. Um, and it was a crucial game for the Niners too. It was like, the, it was a win and end situation. You know, they win this game, they're into the playoffs and they did it. Um, they had a 17 to nothing hole early, but they turned it right back on in the second half. Um, they started to get the running game going again a little bit. Um, and Debo Samuel just started to show off his, uh, versatility, uh, throwing touchdowns, running for touchdowns, you know, you name it, he did it. Um, the Niners show some real, um, some real, you know, fire in this one and heading into the playoffs. I love to see that from them. And um, I hope they have a good run. I like that. I love the Niners. Um, unfortunately, they're playing my Cowboys, so I'll be a little different about that later on this week. But, you know, it's whatever. Um, the Rams, however, uh, Sean McVay showed um, showed like a little bit of a, a scaredness. You know, they, they Sean McVay doesn't take chances. He doesn't, you know, throw. He, I don't know what it is about Sean McVay. He just, he's just scared. Um, in these situations, he kind of crumbles a little bit and he needs to not do that. Um, if they want to go far, I think this Rams team is built for a Super Bowl. They just have to take more chances and not lose control because they can get control to start the game, but then they lose it and they can't get it back. And that's where the Rams start to fall apart. Uh, Bucks versus Panthers. Uh, this game was once again, kind of a throwaway game. Um, you know, uh, what Blaine Gabbert was going to be in this game for a little while until Gronkowski needed one more catch. I'm sure everybody's seen it. Gronk had an incentive to get like seven plus catches in this game, um, to get his $500,000 sense for the season. And Tom Brady made sure that happened. He went right back in and threw the, through the pass for Tom Brady or to Gronkowski to get, uh, the 500 K. Um, it was a fun one to watch. Um, you know, the whole Antonio Brown situation I'll talk about later. It's it's something that's gonna take another thirty minutes to to unpack, um, but yeah, Bucks are in, and uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, and they're in the second seed as well. They're not in the the third seed or the fourth seed like they were. Um, next up is Cardinals in Seattle. Uh, we saw what Seattle should have been all season against this Cardinals team. It was a team that could you know fight back offensively, could really take it to you, um, and you know it, it was vintage Seattle. You know, high scoring. Not not as amazing defense, um, but you know they were they were ahead of you, um, and the Cardinals showed a lot of weaknesses. Um, you know they showed that you know 
if it doesn't go their way to start, it's not going to go their way for the whole game. And that's why, you know, I, I said it earlier this season as well, is the Cardinals are going to be the new Seattle. They're going to start out hot this season. Everybody's going to be high on them. And then by the end of the season, they're going to crumble and they're going to either fall into the playoffs face first or they're going to not they're not going to make it. and They're going to miss it by, you know, miss it by a hair. And that's what the Cardinals are doing this year. They're falling flat on their face right into the playoffs. And I think they're going to get they're going to get uh, the Ram. What is it? They're, they get the Rams first round, and I don't think they're going to like what they get. Um, next up is Patriots and the Dolphins. I I lost this one as well. I had the Patriots beating the Dolphins. Um, this was you know another pillar in the you know why did the Dolphins fire Brian Flores situation? I still have no idea. Um, but the Dolphins were able to pull off the win in this one, and they're headed into the off season um, with a high draft pick. And um, not not too high, but you know higher um, draft pick. And I, I if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm I'm uh, optimistic about this season. You saw a, you saw a lot of good from the Dolphins this year, um, and I I would be excited to be a Dolphins fan moving forward. Um, and, and the Patriots, I see them kind of like the Cardinals. You know they they had their surgence like a surgence, and now they're they're getting into the playoffs. But I think they're starting to burn out a little bit. And they're seeing the Bills, who they do have the Bills number, um, but I don't know if they're going to want to see the Bills right now because the Bills are, are pretty red hot. Saints and Falcons, both of these teams got some rebuilding to do. The Saints have some questions to answer um, about quarterback and you know whether or not they're going to, like what they're going to do if they're going to draft a quarterback, if they're going to wait for Jameis to come back. There's a lot of questions to be answered with both of these teams. The Falcons, you know, are they going to bring back uh, uh, Matt Ryan? I've heard that that is the case for them, that they are going to bring him back, but you, you just never know. Um, I'm definitely going to be monitoring the Falcons moving forward because, you know, if they draft a quarterback um, this year, if they draft Kenny Pickett or something, um, then, you know, that's going to be a whole different scenario for Matt Ryan. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Saints did win this one, and that's who I chose, so I, I got that one right happily. Um, the Bills beat the hell out of the Jets, um, as they should. Um, I think it was a good game for them because they were able to <clears> – they were able to – uh, you know, have an easier opponent right at the end of the season to kind of beat up on and really keep themselves sharp right before the playoffs, and I love that for them. Um, and next up was the game of the week, possibly game of the year, um, Raiders over Chargers. I really wanted this to end in a tie. I wanted the Raiders or Chargers to take a knee and, you know, tie it at the end of the game, and that's not what they did at first. There was a scenario where if they had taken a knee the whole time and just ended at 0-0, then they both would have made it in, and the, and the Steelers wouldn't have made it in. And um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But it almost ended in a tie until Brandon Staley decided to not end it in a tie. Um, it was a very interesting situation where the clock was getting ready to run out. It was 32-32. I'm pretty sure that the Raiders had the ball. I, I unfortunately didn't see the end of this game, but I know the, the scenario. Um, and the Raiders had the ball, and they were going to let the clock run out. From what I heard, they the Raiders were planning on letting the clock run out, and they were just going to end it in a tie and both make it in. Um, but Brandon Staley, I guess, had other ideas. You know, there there's video of Justin Herbert saying, like, I've never wanted to end in a tie so bad. Um, what is it? Uh, also, uh, Austin Eckler was talking to a Raiders player, and he was saying, like, y'all were going to let the clock run out? And he said, yeah, and he goes, damn. Like, you know, there's a lot that was on the line for this. And rather than letting the clock run out and just both of those teams making it into the playoffs, um, <laughs> you know, they now the Chargers aren't making it in. And I love this Raiders team, man. I have all season long. They've done nothing but fight against adversity. And I love that for them so much. Um, and I hope they have a good playoff run, not only for themselves, but also to, uh, you know, give a little a good send-off to John Madden this year. Um, like I said earlier, John Madden was a Raiders coach um, for 10 years. 
Um, and, you know, I hope that they, they do something good um, in the playoffs this year, whether it's not, maybe they don't make a Super Bowl appearance, but maybe they knock off the Bengals or something, you know, maybe they get one playoff win just to really, you know, give, uh, give Coach Madden a, a good send-off. Uh, next up, we're going to go into our power rankings, and then we'll be headed out of here. Um, I'm going to start at 32 because uh, I have a new bottom team. Uh, that's the Giants. The Giants are in absolute disarray. Uh, they have no idea what the hell is going on. And, yeah, they deserve to be number 32. Um, I got the Jets at 31, Jacksonville at 30, the Panthers at 29. I don't care how much talent they have on that team. Panthers are god-awful. Um, I don't know if they should fire Matt Rule. I know a lot of people are calling for his job as well. Um, I was a Matt Rule believer. I'm starting to not be, but I really don't know what they need to fix their situation. I think a quarterback's a place to start. I don't know if you fire Matt Rule right now. Um, I know he's been on record of saying sometimes, like, oh, yeah, what we're trying to do is working. You know, you guys just haven't seen it yet. And then, you know, you can tell it's obviously not working because they're losing. But it's just a very confusing situation. I'm not really sure. Um, I think Matt Rule is a good coach. Um, I don't think firing him is the first step, but, you know, that might be the case. I have no idea. But I think a quarterback is a place to start. Um, Washington, 28. The Texans, 27. Falcons, 26. The Lions, 25. Uh, Seahawks 24, the Bears 23, the Browns 22, Vikings 21, Broncos 20, Saints 19, Dolphins 18, Ravens 16, Colts, or sorry, Ravens 17, Colts 16, Chargers 15, and then my top 14 teams are all playoff teams because I, I didn't see, like, I think the Chargers are better than the Steelers and the Eagles and whoever, um, but they didn't make it in, so I don't think they deserve to be in the top 14. Um, the Steelers are number 14, the Eagles are number 13, Raiders 12, 49ers 11, Pats 10, Titans 9, Cowboys 8, Cardinals 7. I have the Cowboys 8, um, and below the Cardinals, ba uh, based off of, um, uh, them losing to the Cardinals before. And I have the Titans at number 9, and not like number 1 or 2, even though they are, you know, the number 1 seed in the AFC mainly based off of because right now I don't think they're more talented than a lot of these teams. Um, but, you know, they could be up there. I just think, um, you know, I, I don't know if they're more talented than the Bengals. I don't know if they're more talented than the Rams, Bucks, Bills, Chiefs, or Packers, you know, something like that. Um, that's the only reason. That's all. Once they get Derrick Henry back, they will shoot right up here. But until he gets cleared completely, um, they're going to stay, you know, in the lower half of the top ten. But like I said, um, you know, after the first round of the playoffs, I'm going to do another power rankings based off of who, who's left. Um, and if the Titans do have Derrick Henry back by then, because he's not cleared yet. He's in the protocol of being cleared, in the, the area of being cleared. And if he is cleared, then they will definitely shoot right up to the top of this list. Um, but for now, they're going to stay in the lower half. That's, I just want you to know that there is an explanation for that. Um, I have the Bengals at 6. I have the Rams at 5. Uh, the Buccaneers at four, the Bills at three, the Chiefs at two, and the Packers as the number one team going into the playoffs. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Boom Team Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. I hope you enjoyed what I had to say. Um, I hope you guys have been really enjoying yourselves lately. I know I've been doing my best to, um, you know, new schedule and whatnot has just really been taking a toll on me, and I'm trying my hardest to, uh, 
to, you know, trying to, to, to adjust and, you know, make sure that everything in my life is good to go. Um, and I definitely want to keep the podcast going um, throughout the year. Um, I might have some times where I have to take a little break because uh, I might not be around. Um, but, you know, I'll keep you guys updated on that as far as that goes. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Dakota.Nutter. Um, or I think it's just Dakota Nutter. Follow me on Instagram at Dakota.Nutter. And also follow us on TikTok at uh, Boom Team Podcast. Uh, and Instagram at Boom Team Podcast. Um, I'm going to have a picture on the Instagram of a sweatshirt that I had. Uh, my family was nice enough to give me this past Christmas. It's a, it's a, like a, it's not the Boom Team Podcast purple. It's not our color purple. Um, but it's like a maroon color. And it's got the little, uh, the podcast lion logo in the top left, like right above the heart. And I love it so much. And it's a really nice sweatshirt. And I, it's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite sweatshirt I've ever had. Um, and I'm going to be wearing it every time I record now. Um, so yeah, hopefully it's the start of a, a line of, you know, apparel and stuff that, you know, if you guys want, we can start. Um, but yeah, let me know. Um, please, you know, like the, the podcast, you know, put five stars on there, you know, tell your friends, tell your mom, dad, teacher, whoever. Um, <laughs> um, I don't care, you know, just share the podcast. I really appreciate it. It really helps out. Um, I also wanted to let you guys know, I put it on, on Instagram and stuff before, um, but we broke a thousand total listeners. We're now at 1,006 total listeners in the podcast life, um, which is just unbelievable. Um, we don't, you know, I don't get a ton of listeners. I get, you know, 10 is a good day. Um, and that's, but that doesn't matter. Um, it could be one per one person listening and, you know, that's all that matters to me is that somebody's listening. You know, I like to do this a lot and I know, you know, the people who listen to this, um, really enjoy it. Um, and I thank you guys so much for your support and listening to the podcast. Um, and like I said, I just, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys on the flip side.